What's up, everyone? It's the Annie Up Podcast. I'm Adam Ronis. Joining me today, a special guest. It is my guy, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson from NBC Sports Edge. We're going to talk some basketball today. The playoffs definitely exciting right now. Corey, man, what's up? Yo, what's up, Ronis? Obviously, my man, always good to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, you know, probably my best friend between you, Scott, you know what I'm saying, in the industry. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. Between yeah, I, me and Scott, I'm your better friend. That makes me feel really good. My 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 dearest first two friends in the industry, you and Scott. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think the when I did the Annie up with you joint last year, I think I was still living in New York, getting ready to move. So, but now I am all the way here. So, um, down here in South Carolina, you know what I'm saying? Living a fantasy life down here. So, waiting for betting to get legal down here It's gonna take a little longer though. Oh, I didn't even know that. It's not legal there. Nah, I'm on the, I'm doing I'm using I'm, I'm I'm betting offshore with crypto right now. You know what I'm saying? I think the 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 crypto makes the offshore a little bit safer, you know what I'm saying? So I'm doing that's what I'm doing to stay to stay involved in the action right now. So that's where I'm at. But they got some legislation on the board, but you know, obviously it takes a little while to get that stuff going, but I'm 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 happy that New York finally got it even though I'm not dead no more. Yeah, as soon as you left, they said, "All right, let's legalize it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. now we don't have to worry about his ass coming across the bridge no more. You know what I'm saying? How, how's life in South Carolina, man? I never been down there. It's cool. Um, you know, it's not I'm not I'm not you got two big cities down here, but really you got three or four big cities down here with Greenville, you know, the Clemson area, which is like 3 hours from me. And they've been down here where I'm at. I'm closer to Charleston and uh and Columbia. Obviously, Columbia home of the Lady Gamecocks, the champs. Um, so that's a big deal. And then um, you know, Charleston, you know what I'm saying? And then you got coastal Carolina in the Myrtle Beach area, which is about two hours from me. College sports real big down here, real big. Yeah, whether it be the Lady Gamecocks, obviously Clemson is a big deal. And then um, you know, you got Coastal Carolina, who the past couple years. I've done a good job in um and you know in 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 college football. So, you know, it's cool. And then, you know, as far as the, the pros, big NFC East fan bases down here. Like everybody down here roots for an NFC East team. Interesting. Do you miss New York? Not at all, son. Um like <laughs> really I'm, like, why well, I mean, is that because what New York, New York, because it's what it's turned into? Because it's yeah, it's yeah. not what it has been the last few years. It's it's gotten so bad, man. Son, it's not like what I remember. You know what I'm saying? Not at all. So, you know what I mean? But obviously, I always love New York. New York is always my home. You know what I'm saying? And everything that goes along with it. I- I'll be up there. I'll probably spend about a month up there this summer. So we'll get up during that time. None of these restrictions and stuff have kind of slowed down. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back up there this summer and hanging out with the crew. Haven't got a chance to chill with you, Nando, Benny. You know what I'm saying? Tommy, the whole crew. We used to go out. Can't forget Brian Ambos. You know what I'm saying? All the crew. So um, I miss chilling with the fellas and shit like that when we up there. But other than that, son, you know, you paying what less than half of much, much less than half of what I was paying in rent. And just, yo, son, I remember it had me one morning in like February, son. Like I walked outside and like it wasn't gray and cold. The sun was shining. You know what (laughs) I mean? And it was like you could smell the grass, the birds chirping. I'm like, yeah, son, this is this was uh, long overdue. Well, today is uh, April 21st, and it is uh, cloudy and gray right now as I look outside. So uh, <laughs> not much different from February. So 
Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people do leave New York at a certain point, especially if you well, more so if you want to own a house or property, yes. obviously, because yes. it just costs so much here. Um, but I'm still out here in Jersey. Uh, but again, uh, I have a condo because I'm by myself, not married, no kids, man. So trying to trying to stay that way for a little bit. No, I agree with you. Listen, I, I'm not married, but I do have children. My son, you know, my son will be 21 in a couple of weeks. Damn, that's crazy, son. 21? 21. I got a grown son, Ronis. I got my son is a man. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so I really only have like one child now, my girl who just turned 11, well, who will be 12 this summer. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? They was just down here for their spring break last week. They enjoyed themselves. You know what I'm saying? My son running behind these little country gals. You know what I mean? So it's uh, all just it's, like that. <laughs> a chip off the old block, Ronis. <laughs> Damn it, I'm afraid my son's gonna be wild. If I have a son, forget it, man. Jeez, you know how much chocolate he'll be chasing? Yeah, son, he gonna like that. You're like, it smells smell good. <laughs> all right, man, we can joke all day, but let's talk some NBA because it's very interesting. You know, it's kind of similar to last year where, where injuries played a part. And yeah. obviously, the one we're watching right now is Devin Booker. A report comes out today two to three weeks with this grade one hamstring injury. Uh, first question is, he's obviously likely going to miss the rest of the series versus the Pelicans. Does Phoenix still win this series with it being tied 1-1? We're recording here on Wednesday, I mean Thursday. So obviously the games on Thursday night will be in the books. Phoenix doesn't play till Friday. But do the Suns still win this series against the Pelicans? Yeah, I would say so. It was funny. I was on um, I was on the show yesterday. And they was like, um, I telling them how when the injury came, it was like, oh, uh, son, you know, you know, the, the the initial report was Booker to miss, you know, what I'm saying, uh, games three and four, and it said Pelicans in trouble. I mean, Suns in trouble. I was like, no, they're not. But now, when you talk about missing more time than that, then it gets interesting. I think they get past the Pelicans. Maybe this goes six, seven. I, I really think that Paul and Aiton have enough. I love Willie Green. That's the reason why I bet the Pelicans over this year because, you know, I knew he coming off that Steve Kerr tree with a good head coach he was. And we're starting to see that now. That team fights. They made a great move by bringing in McCullum, giving him that veteran presence to go on that young squad. The Zion Williamson thing is the biggest scam in sports history. But, um, you know, listen, Pelicans had a great season, good run. I think the Suns will get past the Pelicans in six or so but um, after that, it could get dicey. So even in the second round, they would play the winner of Dallas, Utah. Now, that's another injury with Luka Doncic. It doesn't look like he's going to play game three. Uh, so maybe returns game four. Utah, to me, is really shaky. So would Phoenix be able to get by either of those teams without Booker the whole series? You know, here's the thing, right? Like, I still think the Mavericks going to win this series. Like, I had the Mavericks coming into the series. If I said this, if Luka was healthy, I think Dallas would have swept Utah. You watched the whole year like I did. Utah's not that good. And they're awful on the road. You know what I'm saying? But they catch a break. If they can get Luka back by game six, I think Dallas can pull it off. If they don't, um, then obviously the, the Jazz will advance. And I, I give Phoenix... I think the Jazz are pushing without Booker, but I still would give Phoenix the edge. But I think if it was Dallas with a healthy Luka versus Phoenix without Booker, I think Dallas could knock him off. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, the, the question becomes, 
um, is now the time to put money on Golden State. Right now, they are the favorite. Uh, as of right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, they are plus 380 to win the championship. The Suns are plus 400. Uh, the Warriors, obviously, it's only two games against Denver. They've looked fantastic. Curry is back, even in limited minutes. Looks good. We've barely seen Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson together this year. Uh, to me, though, I've always said it. Draymond Green is the key to that team. They need Love him. That. That, to me, and, you know, it doesn't reflect in numbers. It's the defense, what he does on the team. They've obviously had Jordan Poole step up big. But, like, is – and maybe you've already done it or thought about it. Like, is this the time uh, – hey, now's the time to get Golden State because things are shaping up well for them to come out of the West? You know what? I'll be honest with you, Ronis. I don't I, I don't think that the, this Warrior team is uh, going to win the Western Conference as one of the few. Uh, like, I didn't take out no futures on them. So um, I just didn't like the way they looked the second half of the season. When on Christmas Day, when they beat the Suns, I, Golden State had the best record in the league. From Christmas Day to the end of the season, I think Golden State was five games over 500. Um, I think the Nuggets are a better team. With that being said, Golden State, I was not expecting this from Jordan Poole. They came out like a house on fire. It would not shock me if the Nuggets came and won uh, a couple games in this series. If the Nuggets went to, to Denver and tied it up, I'm going to be watching um, very closely these next couple games in Denver. And then maybe we can get a series. I think Golden State gets out the series. Um, But if Golden State will run into Memphis, and I think Memphis, and I think Memphis will have its way with Golden State. Memphis has been playing Golden State well the past couple years. They kind of have their number. Memphis is a team that depends on strength and numbers. Obviously, that's been the Golden State Warriors mantra through their championship years. But you saw in game two versus the Timberwolves, Memphis goes to the bench, and it's like your bench can't play with Memphis bench. The Memphis bench is going to outplay you. Memphis bench might outplay your starters. They put that team together very well. So, um, you know, Josh reaping the benefits, but really that's a whole team effort. What do you think happened to them in game one? I think game one, I think they came out and it was a little bit like, I think I think the Timberwolves were, were ready for game one. And I think, well, here's the thing, what I've seen with the Timberwolves this year, their X factor is Anthony Edwards. If Edwards is knocking down threes, son, you can't beat them because Edwards gets it rolling. We know Cat is one of the best players in the league, in my opinion, when he's healthy and out there. The, Russell comes in, he gives them that 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 spunk, and not to mention they're well coached. So I look at game, I, I looked at game one. I didn't think that I thought the Timberwolves were going to be a tough series for the Grizzlies. I still do, but um, I think Edwards being on fire like that really helped them out a lot. I think maybe Memphis kind of cruised into it, but I think you saw in game two that Memphis is the better team. So it sounds like then you tell me if I'm right, that you might actually be putting some money on Memphis to win the Western Conference right now. Yeah, I have. I already have Memphis at plus 750. I'm going to come back with Memphis to win the West again. Um, you know, now 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 with this news with the Suns and, and put a little bit more. But really, the the, the thing that's really starting to. After my initial best before the playoffs started, right? I had I can't I had the Raptors to win this series, which was I, I can't blame I can't blame you for that. I think a lot of people were looking at Toronto and it just things just kind of fell apart with the Scotty Barnes injury, Trent in the illness, and that was just a devastating loss in game three, man. Because I looked at that line and I was like, 
because I, I was debating with someone and they were on the Philly side. They were like, oh, this is a Christmas gift. I'm like, Vegas doesn't give out Christmas gifts because oh, I saw everyone was on Philly. And I'm like, why is this line one and a half two? Now, Philly did cover, but it took overtime in a ridiculous game with a three by Embiid. So I think Toronto was the right play, even though it lost. You know, you do, I do look at bets that way. So I don't think because I'm not big on Philly. That's also the big thing as well. Ronis, I've been back in Philly every year. I get off of Philly and all of a sudden they do this. I'm like, where was this at when I was losing money on the 76ers the past two years? I love Tyrese Maxey. He's one of my favorite young players in the league. I'm a big Tyrese Maxey guy, right? So let's get that out the way. So, um, so I had, like I said, I had Toronto, and then I had, um, I had some, I had love for Toronto, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies. But what I've seen, the next bet that I'm going to make in these playoffs is going to be on the on the Grizzlies, another one on the Grizzlies, right? But the Celtics to win the championship is starting to be something that I'm thinking, okay, this might happen. Because, um, like, what they're doing with the Nets is very impressive. Like, do you think the Nets are going to win more than two games in this series? No. Now, it's interesting because you can look at this series and go, well, the Nets easily could have won either game, right? Game one, they had a shot to win. They lost at the buzzer. And they just had a horrific fourth quarter in game two. I mean, they were in control mostly the whole way, and they got outscored 29-17 in the fourth quarter. But – my biggest concern for them was, look, if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both don't have big games, they can't win. You saw game one. Kevin Durant did not have a big game. They didn't win. In this game, Kyrie scored 10 points. Durant had 27, even shooting 417 from the field. And they didn't win. They're not I mean, getting anything else. We've gotten to the part of the season where the Nets are like, we need Ben Simmons. I didn't see that coming right. because Ben Simmons is, what is he, sitting on the sideline wearing $2 million for jewelry? He doesn't play basketball. We haven't seen him in a year. Is he going to be the savior? No, nah, I think Boston's going to bounce him about there. I still think that net experience is going to work. It's not going to work this year. But um, so I doubled down. I haven't played this on Boston. I'm going with Boston. I think Boston and Milwaukee will play. And I think that team, the winner of that series, will end up eventually winning the Eastern Conference but and, and have a chance to win the title as well, especially now. But um, the Grizzlies... Man, they're, they're probably a year away, a year. It's probably still too young. This is a break right here. I think they get past Golden State. But, um, you know, if if they have if Booker is back by then, then then the Suns will end the Grizzlies. But I think the Grizzlies can run with the Warriors. I really do. I think you're – you might be the only person that says that. Because, like, you know, I mean, we, know how, we, know how pe- we know how people are, right? Everyone reacts to the moment. And I think it's a little too heavy right now with Golden State because they're looking at two – I know you said you like Denver. I think they're done, bro. I think they're out of gas. I just think Jokic carried this team all year. and They look he, that way, don't they? Yeah, man. I just And I like Denver going into the year. In fact, before the year, they were my long shot to win the championship at plus 2,500. I said, you know, if they can just weather the storm and get Jamal Murray back, at that point, Porter was healthy um, yeah. before the year. And neither have come back. And, and I just think they're overmatched. I mean, Aaron Gordon does nothing against Golden State. So... That's my problem with them. As good as Jokic is, it's just Golden State is just healthy right now. But, yeah, everyone is just – Golden State's hitting their stride. I'm trying to figure out why Golden State was so bad in the second – and after Because they, didn't, they weren't healthy. Draymond yeah. missed time. Curry missed time. Clay, it took a while for Clay to get going. You know, Clay, towards late in the year, 
had like what two or three 30 point games to finish the year. You know, he was a little shaky. So I just don't think they've been how many games has Curry Draymond at Thompson played this year? Like four or five now definitely. together? Maybe, maybe five. Definitely. Yeah. That, so I think that's why. I wasn't expecting the emergence of Poole. I think Poole is a big difference maker if he continues to play like this. I think Memphis matches up well because of Memphis's depth and the fact that they can. Because you went when, when in, in 2019, this Memphis team was like Ja, and then it was like, okay, you get something from Kyle Anderson every now and then. And Brandon Clark was like the second piece. And then last year it was Ja, Dylan the villain, Valentunas. And then now it's like they can hit you with Ja, Bain, Dylan, Jones gets his numbers, Brandon Clark still does his thing. So I look at the depth of this Grizzlies team and I'm like, I think they can beat the Warriors. I think the Grizzlies will knock the Warriors out, but I do not think that they're ready to win a West if Booker is back. I think it's going to be interesting, but the, the injuries are probably not done, though, Ronis. That's the whole thing about this, because there's probably more injuries to come in these playoffs. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't like to see that. And I give Taylor Jenkins credit, man. He realizes, hey, we can't have Steven Adams on the floor. And a lot of coaches wouldn't have done what he's done. They would have said, this is my rotation. I'm sticking with it. Uh, it's obviously a bad matchup with Adams against Towns, and yeah. he's not playing him. And uh for those that took the under on Steven Adams the other night, uh, good for you. I don't even – I didn't check if the books even put him out. They probably won't at this point. Yeah, that's a good call right there. I, I didn't think – but like I said, I told you guys I'm not really into the, the prop market. I think it's a Ponzi scheme. I do terrible with props. But, like, trying to cap these games, like when Memphis came back for game two as a seven-point favorite, I was like, Memphis going to blow them out. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of how I'm looking at these numbers, try to fade the obvious. You know what I'm saying? And um, and like you mentioned with that, with the same thing with Golden State, they came back with that big number, even though I thought that Denver kind of hung around and they came back and they blew Denver out again. Denver's season is on the line uh, in game three. So we'll see what they have. But I think the, the Grizzlies and the Celtics are both pitted are both in a good spot to make a deep run. I would. And what do you think about Milwaukee struggling with the Bulls? That's a good question. You know what? We'll hear a word from our sponsors. We'll come back and we'll discuss the Eastern Conference, specifically the Bucks. Back here on the Annie Up podcast, joined by the fantasy executive, Corey Parson. You can find him at NBC Sports Edge. And I am stunned at this Milwaukee the first two games, man, because I thought this was the biggest mismatch of the first round. And I thought it would be a sweep, if not five games. I thought more a sweep. I just the Bulls have been terrible against Playoff teams and top teams this year, they were terrible in the second half. And I thought Milwaukee, especially in the postseason, would be reinvigorated. Maybe they took the regular season lightly coming off the championship. But, man, I can't believe how bad it is. I mean, they scored 93 points in game one. They're lucky that the Bulls shot 32 percent. They won that by seven. And I was on the Bucks minus five and a half first half for game two. I'm like, all right, they're going to come out strong. I was worried they might not cover the number because they have struggled uh, in the second half, specifically the third quarter, and they were uphill climbing the entire game. And now Chris Middleton has an MCL injury, too. So I still think Milwaukee wins this series, but definitely a little concern now about the Bucs. Yeah, um, I, I, I would agree with you on that one right there. Um, and everything you said, Ronis, is kind of how I felt. The Bucs, after the All-Star break, they started looking like the Bucs. You know what I'm saying? And then you figure, okay, and the Bulls just fell off the face of the earth. The Rosen went on that little historic run. Then the Bulls fell apart. 
I did not think we was going to see a Chicago Bull team where they're like, okay, we got, we need Caruso and Ball. But Caruso has come back. My man Project Pat is playing good. I thought Milwaukee was going to roll these dudes all four games. Like I was like, I would lay 10 every single game and I would have lost the first two. You know what I'm saying? So this is going to be a little bit tougher than they expected, especially now without Middleton. He's so important to what they do, the way he stretches the floor, that consistent shot breaking on knocking down. Now, with that being said, I still think Milwaukee gets past the Bulls. But I mean the Bucks, but now it's opened me up to well, wait a minute, Boston might be able to handle this team. Ronas, I one of the, the two, the first bets I've made this preseason was the Lakers under. Me too. Right? I wrote I, that up before the yep, air. I bet the Lakers under. I bet the Grizzlies to win um to win their division. I got that at plus three seven five. So hit that one pretty good. I bet the um the over on the Nuggets, that just cashed. And I bet the under on the Hawks, which that cashed, right? And I bet the um and I bet the um the the the, the under on the Celtics. And that bet through the first two months of the season was in good shape. And then they just started winning, Ronas. And they did not they just stick like they they just they went on like a 27 and 8 run, something crazy like that. And I was like, okay, this team might be legit. Still, that's a first-year head coach, so you have to be careful. He, he's done a phenomenal job, man. He really has, yo. Because remember, really remember wasn't, wasn't there like a little tension early on with like Brown, Tatum, Marcus Smart? There was something going on there. They had they called the players only me. Yeah. Marcus Smart went in there and started cursing their ass out. You know, Marcus Smart is, is, is the Draymond Green of that team, son. Yeah, no doubt. I wish I would have uh, put money on him to win Defensive Player of the Year at those long odds. But because uh, I knew that I was following that, I'm like, Gobert's not going to win it. It was Draymond Green was favored for a bit, but I knew he wouldn't win it because he missed too much time. Um, and I was looking at Boston. I mean, Robert Williams was in that mix too, and then he got hurt. But uh, that's the other thing too. Robert Williams will likely be back. Yep. And and that's only going to help this team. Yeah, no. Listen, I'm 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 not sitting up here. The last thing, the last team I want to talk big about is the Boston Celtics. I don't, I don't. It's a team that I don't root for. I don't like. They can lose every game, as far as I'm concerned. But from an unbiased point of view, and looking at this basketball team, I'm like, man. And they they play good. They play excellent defense, and they can get away from you pretty quickly, like they've done with the Nets. You know, coming down the stretch. Now you got to go outside that building. Let's see what they play like when they go outside of uh, TD Bank. But I think they're going to be able to keep it going. They're going to be a tough out. Middleton's injury is going to be critical because if they can get the Bucks without Middleton, they can possibly knock the Bucks off. Yeah, and that, see, when I looked at the – see, uh, so the bracket, no one's talking about Miami. And I said before the playoffs – look, I said that – okay, this is the way I looked at it. I said, you know what? Miami to win the Eastern Conference at plus 400 before the playoffs is not a bad bet because the bracket broke perfectly for them. It did. They were going to win the first round. Then you go up against Philly, Toronto. Again, I'm not big on Philly. Uh, I still don't think they have enough. And I felt they could win that. Then you only need to beat one out of Boston, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, who are probably the other three top teams. And if that gets to the Eastern Conference Final, then you hedge. That's it. It's not, it's not, but I was like, now I agree with everything you said. But my thing is, if I'm hedging, I want a little bit better than 450 or 400, whatever you got it yeah. at. That's like true. I'm trying to hedge with the Grizzlies at 750. You feel what I'm saying? So that kind of, and then I was trying to hedge with possibly hedge with the Raptors at 2500. But 
they're down 3-0, so that's not going to happen now. Because, you know, here's the thing. It's really no value in a Bucks-Suns rematch. The value is in, okay, how can you hedge against it? I remember a couple years ago, I think at 40-1, uh, at to 1, I had the Blazers to win the West. They got to the Western Conference Finals, and after that, just load up on the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? Trying to hit a similar situation like that this year, but it's been, you know, hopefully the Grizzlies take it there for me because Toronto is not going to get it yeah. done. Yeah, I think that one is uh, done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen the lines for Friday yet? No, I haven't. Okay, I'm gonna get your guess. I want to see how good you are here. Heat Hawks. What do you think the line is? Uh, I think Miami. This game's in Atlanta. I think Miami minus two and a half. Miami minus one. Okay. Bucks in Chicago. What's the line? I'm I'm going to give the Bucks. I say the Bucks lay an even six. Minus two and a half, Milwaukee. Interesting. Okay. And Suns Pelicans. Suns and the Suns might be minus two and a half then too. Minus one and a half. They they they, they calling for some close games. Yeah, oh. man. Interesting. And what yeah. about what about Brooklyn Boston on Saturday in Brooklyn? What's the line? You know what? I would still I I would I would go pick them. Brooklyn minus three and a half. Interesting. Yeah, I think they're begging you to take Boston, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, they they got to be at, at three and a half because. If Brooklyn wins, I think Brooklyn wins. These are going to be one possession games. I think Brooklyn wins the close games. I don't think Brooklyn can blow Boston out. I think Boston can blow Brooklyn out. Uh, yeah, that, that definitely seems to be the case. Again, these have been close games. I know game two was a seven-point game, but, man, Brooklyn just was awful in the fourth quarter, man. It was just Durant again. What Do you, do you think the issue with Durant is – because we, we're not used to seeing this. I think a lot of people – I know you said you don't do a lot of player props. I didn't jump on the Durant. I thought – I think it was 29 half, points. Someone told me it might have closed at 31.5 points, and he finished with 27. But he shot 23.5% in game two, 37.5% in game one. Do you think it, it has to do with uh, spending defensive energy guarding Tatum at times? I think I think he's spending too much energy, period. I still don't think that they was like he had to ramp up too quickly in the second half of the season. I think that's where the frustration between him and James Harden came in. Right. So he is probably like telling Harden, like, listen, I got to get myself prepared for a stretch run. And Harden is like, I know you don't expect me to sit up here and carry the weight while Kyrie play every other game. I think that was the problem right there. And I think that Kyrie was like, well, wait a minute now. Don't get involved with this. And, you know, obviously, I, you know, you heard, I don't know if you heard this, but apparently there was a practice where Kyrie just really gave James Harden the business and told him he was washed. And James Harden didn't like that and he wanted out. You know what I'm saying? But I think the problem was who was going to play these minutes so this team didn't have to play the Celtics in the first round. Now you got to ramp it up way too quickly. You don't get that time to get, to, to get warmed up. And listen, be perfectly honest, the last time we seen Kevin Durant play deep into the postseason, he was doing it with the Golden State Warriors. This ain't the Golden State Warriors. They need you. You know what I'm saying? You can't be a complimentary piece. You got to do all the work. And I think his body is not ready for that. Yeah, well, obviously, if he has another bad game, my goodness, he's not going to hear the end of it. I mean, he did have a good postseason last year, Durant, and he has a history of good postseasons. He averaged 34.3 points per game last year over the 12 games uh, in the postseason. But uh, 
Now it's 25 points, and Brooklyn can't win if he's given up. Do you think he's played too many games the past couple years? That he's played too many? I know that it may, it may sound like, but wait a minute, he spends a lot of time, you know, injured and taking the month, month and a half off of the season. But that's a tough injury for a big guy, and he's not the youngest cat no more. Well, and he plays a lot of minutes. He averaged more than 40 minutes per game in the postseason last year, and we've seen it even this year. Remember, they, they, five they, minutes of the half or the final three minutes of the first quarter, but for the most part, he's out there. Yeah, he's even late in the season. Remember, they had to, they had to fight just yep. to get out of the playing tournament. Exactly. So, you know, I was at the game against the Hawks when they are uh, when they are uh, when they lost to the Hawks. Yeah, I thought they was going to be toast after that. Like I thought that they was going to be like the 10th seed. They ended up able to get the seventh seed. But, you know, so they, they got in and they were like, listen, when we get in, we'll play who we want. But if you're Brooklyn, you want to be facing a tune up team like a Hawks, like a Cavs. You got to go in there and, and face Boston right away. It's not going to happen for them this year. I have put it like this. You look at the liability when the beginning of the season, everybody was betting Brooklyn. That number starts going up. The book's not scared about the Brooklyn Nets no more. And I think we're seeing that. And I think we're seeing why. Yeah, I mean, it still took too long, though, for them. But I think that's why they knew if they if they start put Brooklyn plus 800 plus 1000, more people would hop on and then they'd have them across several different numbers. And if somehow they did get hot and pull it off, then they lose a ton of money. Because I, for a long time, I'm like, why are they still up here, man? It's crazy. Like, when have you seen like a seven, eight, nine seed, the top two to win the to win the conference? Right? It yeah, doesn't no, happen. That's, that's that's straight liability right there. You know what I'm saying? Like for like, and I, I you could you can man, I could de- it definitely rang true. I don't know how much college football betting you do, but you saw it during the college football season how that liability is key. When Alabama blew Georgia out in the SEC championship game, Georgia's futures did not move because the liability is like, no, they can be right back here and win the game next time. You know what I'm saying? So you got to take all that into consideration. And like you said, with that next number going up, okay, the books don't care because they're down 0-2. What are they going to do? Come back, win this series, and then go beat Milwaukee? Yeah, that that was the other problem too. The path for Brooklyn was going to be insane. Boston, then potentially Milwaukee. After that, you're you're seeing a downgrade. But still, you you have to be two of the best teams, and maybe the top two teams uh, in the conference uh, in the first round. You know, most most other conferences or or matchups, your first round is usually a pretty easy matchup. If you're a good team, right? I mean, I know Miami's up 2-0. I know Phoenix, obviously, it's 1-1. And now they have the Booker injury. But usually, you know, you're a top seed. You're going to have an easier path. Yeah, and that's the reward for, you know, taking care of your business during the regular season. Brooklyn didn't take care of business during the regular season. You know what I'm saying? And you see, that's the thing. Like, I respect Kyrie's decision. He's a grown man. You do whatever you want. I like the way he stood up for himself and the people he said he was representing. And, and for that, I had no problems with it. You know what I'm saying? But that does hurt the team because I honestly think that, okay, him and Harden may not have been seeing eye to eye, but if Harden was like, man, I'm not carrying this joint by myself, by Kevin go sit, Kyrie's a part-time player. So, you know, they, nobody wanted to carry that team. So, and now this is what you have. So I can see a situation where the Nets could be in this spot again next year because 
Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant are never going to give you more than 70 games, 75 games. Yeah. I mean, do you think this could have been a better situation with a different coach? Uh, I think we're starting to see some fingers being pointed at the coach now. And it doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it definitely <laughs> feels that way. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely starting to get that vibe behind it. I can, I can see um, Durant or somebody saying, hey, maybe this is not the way to go. But really, you see, you're running. that. You know, see, James Harden is the perfect player for that system, right? Because he can run that system. He's flourished in that system, right? So, But now he's not there. So now it's like, yikes. And like you said, they, you know, you're one of the damn top boys every goddamn year. They're stars and scrubs. The Nets are stars and scrubs. And their stars are not getting it done. So, you know, it's, you know, Claxton not going to beat you. Yeah. Again, it'll be interesting. I, I was still, I'm still hoping we get a deep series, man, because these games have been fun. Game one to me That's felt like a game seven. So I, I do hope Brooklyn gets back in this series and makes it. Uh, yeah, a series this week, Ronis, was probably the best night of basketball this year. Which one? Wednesday night of this week. Well, when we were taping, it would have been last night. I right. mean, that was an awesome night. I mean, the, the, the Bulls and and then you got Gus Johnson calling that Bulls and Bucks. I mean, and then you had all uh, I mean, that was a great basketball game uh, with the Celtics. And then, you know, we saw another 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 good basketball game, too. I forgot yeah, Sixers Raptors with the six and, and, and Bede hitting that big shot. And Drake running off the court with him. Oh my god, dude! I, when you posted that, I'm like, wait, this is photoshopped, right? This can't be real. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? What you doing? Uh, uh, what I think what ended up happening was right. Uh, and Bede was doing the post game interviews, so Drake waited for him, right? Right. And then when, uh, after the game, and Bede came over to Drake and was like, "Make sure you here when we when we make sure you here for um for the sweep." And Drake said, I'll be here for 3-1. Then they walked off smiling. So it looked like, you know yeah. what I'm <laughs> But nah, this, that, that image was wild crazy, though, right? No, it was, yeah. Because I didn't know any context of it. So I just saw it. I was like, nah. Because I would, I could absolutely believe it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that, you know, the, 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 the crazy picture with Drake is him sitting in um, – in the Kentucky and the with, the with the Kentucky players with the uniform on. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, man. Is there is there anything else uh, you want to add about the NBA? Any other insights you want to give out to the people? Nah, I just hope everybody you know go ahead and, and enjoy the playoffs. We got a good little run before. Well, before I stand down, you know what I'm saying. Once the season is over and and try to get ready to push into the you know the next NFL season. Obviously, you got a full uh, year of baseball ahead to grind out. And get that stuff done. Right quick though, Ronis. Um, I remember last year during the season, the NFL season, people were telling me, oh, Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. Get excited. Get excited. I was like, I'm not getting excited about this team until I see them in the NFC championship game. And they can't seem to get there, Ronis. And it's a major problem. Now you got Elliot is washed up now. They kept playing Elliott last year and not um, Pollard, right? And Ronis, I was like, Does, do they not know he's hurt? Then after the season, Elliott says, oh, I played with a, for the majority of the season. Dude, don't do that. Sit down if you hurt. You're not helping the team. He's an excellent blocker, 
but long as he's slow, he looks like he's washed. Yeah, man, I, I don't like what's going on with this team right now. They lost a lot of depth. Uh, there's just it looked like they were in a good spot last year. And now I don't feel that way. I mean, I know the division is not great, but I don't feel good about this team right now heading into uh, the draft next weekend. Um, I think their personnel has always been strong. Yeah. So I don't think they'll make a mistake on the draft. Parsons is going to be a legendary football player if he continues on the path he's on. Um, the Amari Cooper thing, I get it. Is wide receiver making too much money for a team? You know, you know, it's not like big time wide receivers win you Super Bowls. Worst case scenario, going to the season with what you have, Wilson could hit. Obviously, um, I'm, I was I, I can't think of his name right now. Could stay healthy. Gallup could stay healthy for once. I can see the Cowboys probably around training camp signing Odell Beckham to see what he has left. They're going to have to get Ezekiel Elliott some help. They got to get younger on the old line. And hey, I don't, a lot of people don't like for me to say this, but Dak Prescott got to play better. No, he does. I mean, that's the bottom line. But yeah, it was, it was disappointing last year, man, that, that the, the way the season finished, because it did look like for a while, but like we just seen it too much. It's like, I've seen it too much, Ronis. I, I, I seen it too much. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think what we do have to look forward to is, you know, Sean Payton is, almost damn near in place. You know what I'm saying? Um, if I'm not mistaken, Sean Payton is living in Dallas right now. So he's just waiting to get from underneath that contract so he can get there. And honestly speaking, if McCarthy don't win at least one playoff game next year, I think Dallas will pay the compensation and, and go ahead and get him. Because I, I, don't, I don't think he's out of his contract until the end of the 2023 season. I think we know he's not the answer. You don't think Sean Payton's the answer? No, 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 McCarthy. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. McCarthy <laughs> is definitely not the answer. But you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have gave draft picks to the Saints now, would you? Nah, I probably would have waited a year. Yeah. Next year, this time, I might. You know what I'm saying? Depending on how bad it is. No, for sure, because they got to win, man. I'm tired of this. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, you've seen the Cowboys win the Super Bowl?" Yeah, in the '90s, bro. You know what year it is now? It's a long time ago. I mean, I know I, I know it's Jets fans telling me this shit, so they've never seen anything, but I you know, I don't want to hear that. You know, now I now I gotta deal with my Mets who look very good, but we've been through this before. They always start well in April. I will say though, it is a different vibe with Steve Cohen as the owner. So um, and obviously he's gonna come down to health. It's a good start, but again, I don't want to get too excited because I've been in this situation before, so it's kind of similar. Mets and Cowboys start off well, have these expectations, and just crater at the end of the season. I'm about to say, well, I mean, I don't have to tell you about late season failure as a Mets fan. You know what I'm saying? How many championships have the Yankees won in the last 20 years? I forgot. Oh, oh, you mean 27 altogether? Oh, no, no, no. I said last 20 years. I didn't say in the vast history of baseball. I said how many in the last 20 years? Uh, the last 20 years, the Yankees uh, have not been – the last championship was in 2009. So okay, not, yeah. that, that would be been, one in the last 20 years, by the way. Things have not been uh, prosperous for the Bronx Bombers. In, uh, and do you know how many runs the Yankees scored on Thursday afternoon? No. How many? Zero? As much punati as Scott Engel has got in the last <laughs> five years. <laughs> no, hey, hey, Ronis, hey, listen, like the, the Yankees, is, is, is crazy. It's like you, you don't hear nothing good coming out of the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? So um, them, them pockets, the, the pockets are still deep. 
but the lore is not there no more. Yeah, I mean, it's such a shame. It makes me so sad. I'm, I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's always good talking to you, man. Catch it up, man. We got to do it every once in a while. Hopefully, when you are in New York, hit me up. You'll be here a month. We'll find some time to chill, man. No doubt. Definitely get that done. All right, holla at you, my man. All right, that wraps it up here on the Annie Up Podcast, and I will catch you guys next week. Peace.